This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. More complaints about the new boss at the Office of Financial Regulation. First, it was the way he got the job. Now someone actually read his resume. The legislature has ordered the creation of three new highway corridors through undeveloped parts of Florida. A new group called No Roads to Ruin Coalition is at the Capitol today to explain how they hope to detour lawmakers and stop those roads before they start. Florida has already pardoned the Groveland Four, but Representative Geraldine Thompson says that's not enough. She's asking the governor for a full exoneration. Today on Sunrise, a deep dive on clemency, or the lack thereof. We'll hear from Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who hosted a town meeting on Amendment 4, forgiveness and an endless backlog of cases at the Executive Clemency Board. We'll also have your daily calendar of events and our tribute to Florida Man. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, December 5th. Florida Democrats are fuming over the governor's choice of a new commissioner at the Office of Financial Regulation because of his ties to a group accused of demonizing the LGBTQ community. Russell Weigel is a securities attorney from Coral Gables who identifies himself as an active supporter of the Christian Family Coalition in his resume. The coalition says their goal is defending religious freedom, but it champions the controversial practice of forced conversion therapy on gay kids. The organization has also been slammed for villainizing transgender persons and has filed a brief at the Supreme Court saying employers should have the right to find someone for being gay or transgender. Florida does not have a law protecting LGBTQ persons from discrimination. So Juan Penalosa, the Florida Democratic Party, says Weigel can use his position to discriminate against the community without any consequence. Monday's appointment has also prompted complaints about secrecy because the appointment was not discussed in public before the vote was taken in a conference call without any debate. Senate President Bill Galvano's signature achievement during the spring legislative session was passage of the MCORS bill, that's short for Multi-Use Corridors of Regional Economic Significance. It calls for the creation of three new highways by extending the Florida Turnpike to connect with the Suncoast Parkway, extending the Suncoast Parkway all the way north to Jefferson County, and building a toll road from Polk County to Collier County. Galvano says this will help during the hurricane evacuations and is the key to economic development in rural communities. But Frank Jackalone with the Florida Sierra Club says those roads are an existential threat to the state environment. The MCOR's plan being proposed that would create three road corridors of more than 300 miles in total of new toll roads, but that are not really intended for hurricane evacuation. You know, that is a false argument. When you hear Senator Galvano and others talk in the Chamber of Commerce, clearly they see those roads as a means to economic growth. And what does that mean? It means sprawl. And the horror, the nightmare ahead, is that development, that growth, will convert the central part of the state and the remaining natural areas into a mirror image of the coastal areas of Florida. The Florida that we know and that we still enjoy will be gone. Seems like there is a real, there's a conscious decision by state leaders with developers and development interests to move this forward without even thinking about what the consequences are. If you continue to bring more people in and you bulldoze the center of the state, then you are going to pollute our water even more and you're going to be bringing more and more emissions into the state that will fuel climate change. All of these things are connected. Jack alone is not the only one trying to scuttle MCORs. There's a new group opposing the projects that calls itself the No Roads to Ruin Coalition. They're holding a press conference in the Capitol at 10.30 this morning to announce their campaign. 
At his first cabinet meeting back in January, Governor Ron DeSantis led the charge to grant a pardon to four young black men falsely accused of raping a white woman in Lake County back in 1949. A pardon means you're forgiven for a crime, but State Representative Geraldine Thompson of Windermere says that's not enough. More than a pardon, she says the Groveland Ford deserve to have their names cleared. Thompson and Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed will hold a press conference next week to announce they intend to pursue full exonerations for Ernest Thomas, Samuel Shepard, Walter Irvin, and Charles Greenlee. It will be posthumous because all four are dead. Freed and Thompson will be joined at next week's press conference by family members of the Groveland Four and activists who have worked for years to clear their names. Thompson says the governor has been approached about the exonerations, that he has asked Florida's attorney general to explore how they might legally be pursued. It is, however, complicated by the fact that the case is now 70 years old and many records are simply hard to find. Speaking of pardons and exonerations, the Florida Executive Clemency Board met at the Capitol Wednesday. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed serves on the board and says the system needs to be reformed, but she hasn't had any luck convincing the rest of the board. Next up, a deep dive on the clemency clog at the Capitol. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predicted is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections, both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predicted beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Four times each year, the governor joins with the three members of the Florida cabinet to form the Executive Clemency Board, and they review requests from ex-felons for the restoration of their civil rights. As a member of the cabinet, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is part of that process, and she is frustrated by the pace. It used to be described as glacial, but thanks to climate change, glaciers now seem to be moving faster than the clemency process in the Sunshine State. Clemency is an executive function. So as of the day that I was sworn in and the rest of the clemency board, we have the power to make changes. And we have seen that under previous administrations that those clemency rules were expanded and there was automatic restoration of rights as soon as somebody was released from jail or prison and completed their sentence. And we have seen kind of a backpedaling of that since the previous administration, which has been continued under the current administration. We've been very vocal. We've been very outspoken about the fact that we should have been making these changes on day one. And unfortunately, under the current administration, we've only pardoned, we've only done 20, 20 restoring of civil rights. 20, and it's almost been a year. Under previous governors, we are seeing numbers of 150,000. And so we are going to be that constant voice and that constant thorn in the clemency board side so that until we get this right. Um, But it's also really important to me, this issue in particular, because as you heard, I was a past public defender and I saw firsthand the injustice of the criminal justice system. I saw that as I was trying cases and going through the process where I would get one deal presented to me for my client and a very separate deal to a co-defendant who was represented by a private attorney and saw what was happening time and time again, how people that um, 
needed the right representation and needed people to fight for them and how the system was not working. And so I see this as a continuation of my passion and my drive to make right the wrongs that have been happening in our criminal justice system for years to come. Freed is the only Democrat on the state cabinet, so she's accustomed to being outvoted by the governor, the attorney general, and the chief financial officer. But she's not used to being ignored, which is what happened after she wrote to her colleagues suggesting they consider new clemency rules to speed up the process and address the backlog of cases. I wrote in September to the clemency board, we need a special meeting, we need a special hearing, because we need to revamp our rules and regulations and sent a letter to the clemency board outlining the differences between what has happened under this administration, the side administration, the, the Bush administration, going all the way back to, to Charlie Crist and, and even Lawton Childs. And uh, as of today, so that, that letter was sent out in September, as of today, uh, there's been no response to my letter and my request. Twelve years ago, when Charlie Crist was governor, the Clemency Board decided to make restoration of rights much easier, almost automatic. That ended when Rick Scott became governor. He and former Attorney General Pam Bondi decided to restore all the hoops and hurdles that had been eliminated during the Crist administration. Those rules are still in effect, and Freed says the biggest impediments to reform are her Republican colleagues on the Clemency Board. They're just not doing it. Uh, you know, just point blank, like I said, we, we've the first three meetings, we've had 90 plus 90-ish people on the, on the agendas. Um, so we're just not doing it. And the other problem that I've had that I, I you know, that even if there has been a, a motion to actually restore somebody's rights or to give them a pardon, uh, there's a condition that the governor has added. And that's that you, if there is somebody's outstanding fines and fees, uh, just kind of like they did in the legislation, um, the governor makes that as a condition to receive your pardon and, and to receive your rights back. I always object, but again, it's a three to one vote. Uh, I lose. Uh, but so that, that's been an issue and something that I continuously will, will, will voice my opinion on every time that he makes that motion with that condition on it. Um, I say, of course, I support the pardon, but not, I do not support the condition. The Clemency Board held its final meeting of the year Wednesday, approving a few dozen of those requests to restore the rights of former felons. Only 13,000 more to go. The next meeting is not until March. Your calendar of events today starts with the Trustees of Florida A&M meeting at 8.30 in the Grand Ballroom on the FAMU campus. The Florida Chamber Foundation will host a Transportation Growth and Infrastructure Summit with business leaders and state officials, including the head of the Florida DOT, the Department of Environmental Protection, and the state's Chief Resilience Officer. It starts at 9 at the Diplomat Beach Resort in Hollywood. The Florida Supreme Court is scheduled to release its regular weekly opinions. That's coming up at 11. The Florida International University Board of Trustees meets at 2.30 at the Graham Center on campus at Miami. Florida DOT holds a public hearing at 4.30 at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville about a project to add express lanes on Interstate 295 in Duval County. State House Republican leader Dane Eagle of Cape Coral will hold a kickoff event at 5.30 in Fort Myers for his campaign for Congress in District 19. The seat will be open because Francis Rooney has decided not to run for another term. Attorney General Ashley Moody will be honored during a reception held at the Palm Beach Republican Club at 5.30 at the Colony Hotel in Palm Beach. Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran and State Representative Chevron Jones of West Park will take part in a town hall meeting out in the State of Education in Florida that begins at 6.30 this evening at Miami Northland Senior High School. And it's time once again for the ongoing adventures of Florida Man. Often imitated, rarely duplicated, and always appreciated because they make the rest of us look sane. 
A Florida man is charged with child neglect for dumping a kid on the side of the road because he thought the boy was gay. The Haines City Police Department arrested 30-year-old Avanad Julnias after finding the youngster outside the police station crying and holding a duffel bag with clothes inside. Investigators say he was left near the police station without food, water, money, or a phone. A bystander at the police station saw the whole thing and reported the incident. Finally, a Florida woman who thought she was buying a baby Einstein's bouncer at a thrift store was surprised to find a loaded rifle inside the box. Veronica Alvarez Rodriguez and her husband were headed for a baby shower in Crestview when they stopped at the Goodwill store in Valparaiso. The bouncer box appeared to be unopened and it only cost $9.99, but when the father-to-be opened the package at the baby shower, he found a Mossberg 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle with live ammo inside. The incident is still under investigation. The gun's been turned over to police. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.